Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I am here with one of our EB teachers, Mindy. Mindy, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. I was so excited. Yay. We're very honored that you said yes and that you're here to talk to us about some of the incredible successes that you saw with your narrative writing this school year with your students. So thank you so much for joining us. Now, before we dive in, I would love for you to let our listeners know a little bit about you, who you are, what grade level you teach, since they probably haven't met you before. Right. Well, my name is Mindy Newell, and I am from Upper Sandusky, Ohio. This is my 25th year of teaching, but I taught second grade uh, for 22 years, and now I teach sixth grade ELA, which is basically the reading is split up with another teacher, and I teach all the writing, language, and grammar. Gotcha. That's a huge change, second grade to sixth grade. (laughs) (laughs) What made you decide to, uh, to make that jump? Um, teaching second grade for 22 years, um, I had a blast, but I needed a change. I kind of needed a challenge personally and professionally. And I felt, um, having my mom as an, uh, a high school English teacher retired, she gave me, um, the confidence and kind of got me excited to try something new. And I knew I'd have her behind me to support me. That's great. I love that. I I taught high school English for many years. And anytime I hear a high school English teacher, they have my heart because it is a challenging grade level to teach for sure. Um, So what has it been like then for you switching to sixth grade in terms of, you know, teaching writing? I can only imagine how different that is than second grade writing. Right. Um, Having a class period of 43 minutes, um, I actually get to focus on actual writing concepts when you're in second grade you know it's you have to kind of uh just work it in here and there so i had to definitely beef it up and kind of research plus i had to memorize you know our ohio state standards and and what the rigor um Mm -hmm. because everyone um i would probably say a lot of teachers don't well i'm not saying don't um just Everyone has their own interpretation of standards and the rigor of standards. Sure. So I had to really make sure I researched those so I'm challenging my kids enough. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is such a great point. You know, rigor at EB Academics is something that we, you know, harp on all the time. Like it can't just be fun. It can't just be engaging, but the content has to be rigorous for our students to bring them to a level that they might not have ever even known that they were capable of, right? And that is so our responsibility as educators. Exactly. So I would love to know, you know, when you, before we started recording, you were telling me when you first moved into sixth grade that you didn't really have a curriculum for writing, right? Nope. I was just (laughs) saying, go for it. We trust in you, Mindy. Um, Go, we can, we think you can do it. So I had just go out and find some things. Right. So what was that like? What did you do the, that first year, those first two years before you started using um, our EB writing program? Yeah, I um, pieced together some things that our district um, had gone to some writing conferences. Um, I researched on my own online, Pinterest, um, mm-hmm. everything. I even um, I have been to the Ron Clark Academy and in Georgia, I've gotten ideas from them. So I just had a full toolbox, but not really knowing what, where to start or where to go with them. 
Right. And sometimes, you know, that can actually, we look at it, it's like, oh, I have all these great materials and all of these great ideas, but it actually makes it so much more difficult for us, I feel like, as teachers when we have too much stuff to look at, you know? Yes, it was very overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> and so for your students, when you were teaching writing, you know, it sounds like from all these kind of different places, Pinterest, Ron Clark, you know, different ideas that you found at conferences, what was that like for your students in your classroom in terms of their growth and being able to kind of understand and comprehend the writing curriculum that you um, had set out to build for them? Well, um, we, it was very, very probably inconsistent for the kids. Um, we spent way too much time learning a model compared to actually writing. Mm-hmm. So it's like I had to teach them, um, you know, this is what, how, this is the, the introductory paragraph, this, and basically teaching those things, yes, you have to do, but it wasn't with um, good, you know, uh, pieces of writing, it was just pieced together. So right. it was kind of struggling. Kids never really knew what was, when they came in the room, there was not really a consistent uh, writing model. So it was, it was a struggle. Yeah. That makes it so hard, you know, when there isn't consistency. And I, I like to think of it, you know, when I was in school and I had different teachers in high school and they all taught me different ways to write. And it was hard year after year, all of a sudden starting over again and learning a new way to write a narrative or a new way to write an essay. And that made it really challenging for me to grow as a writer because things were constantly changing for me. Oh, the, I just, that just reminded me because um, we were using a yes ma'am model and the kids said, no, we used a, a, a model that was, that had a robot analogy or something and, and we're going to use hamburgers. And so it was, it was really hard because they didn't know. They're like, wait a minute, we just learned this last year. We have to start all over. Right. Yes, exactly. And that, that can be very frustrating for our students. And, you know, then writing becomes this difficult subject for them. They start to have animosity towards it. And so it really becomes kind of, I feel like over the years, if students aren't having fun with the writing curriculum and they're confused by it, of course, you know, our kids don't want to write anymore and they lose that love of writing that they had when they were younger telling stories, you know? Correct. Yep. I agree. Um, so I would love to know then, you know, you're in our EB teacher community, you're in our Facebook group, and you've been posting just the most wonderful things this school year after having implemented our narrative writing course with your students. And I would love for you to kind of share what your experience was like using our approach to teaching narratives this school year, maybe compared to in the past. Right. Um, I, I hate to admit this, but narrative writing always got pushed to uh, maybe May or mm-hmm. June because the, <laughs> because the state, um, you know, our state test was only um, informative writing or argumentative. But um, with your program, I love how you suggested you start with this to build some confidence. And I was, at first, I didn't really want to do that, but I said, I'm going to go for it, try with fidelity, try it out. And um, it started out wonderful because they did gain confidence and it also helped me build a rapport with my students. Yeah. You get to know them right through their narratives really well. Very well. (laughs) So that's what I really appreciated. 
Of course. And I would love to know, you know, you did some really cool ideas with your narrative writing unit. So for those of you listening, we have a narrative writing course that teaches you step-by-step how to teach writing. You know, we start with leads, we talk about endings, dialogue, transitions, et cetera. And we're really of the belief that you spiral in narratives throughout the year. This is something we talk about all the time on the podcast. Um, But Mindy took our concepts from our program and actually took things to the next level. And I would love for you to share um, kind of two of those ideas that you took to the next level with our listeners. So maybe they can do something like that in their own classrooms, even if they don't have our narrative writing program. Great. You may start, I'll start with um, a simple one with punctuation, um, with dialogue. Um, children were having, my students were having trouble remembering where commas and, and periods and quotation marks went. So with COVID, we were scared that we weren't allowed to do any hands-on projects. I usually bring food for that, but I was like, no, I can't bring food. So um, I was in the Dollar Tree and got um, Play-Doh for each student. So we don't share, they got their own. And then we just used the Play-Doh. I had my sentences already made. And then we just um, put the Play-Doh where it belonged with punctuation. And then we also used dry erase boards where they wrote the sentence or wrote their own dialogue and applied the concept. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, that's is such a great idea. I mean, what an easy way to make it more engaging for students, you know, practicing where to put quotation marks or periods or um, commas, you know, inside quotation marks, et cetera, when you're dealing with dialogue and narratives. And like, what a fun way to practice with it by having Play-Doh, such a simple concept. And I love that so much. So that was really cool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And you're right, right? During COVID, you know, when we couldn't, we can't, partner up the way we normally would, like life is very different right now. So to bring something like that in for our students, I think is meaningful for them. And I would love for you to share the other thing that you did. So one of the things that we suggest with our narrative writing course is to have a publishing party with your students. And Mindy, you just took this to the next level. I love what you did. If you can share with our listeners. Right. Um, I live in a small community. I went to high school, grew up here. A lot of the people in the community I know very well. I plus my classroom partners up with a bank in town for the last 10 years. So I decided to put a Facebook post on my Team Newell um, ELA page and asked, I said, community publishing party um, wanted people who will um, celebrate and read our narratives. And Facebook for uh, me has been wonderful with great PR where you can get help and advertising in your classroom. So I had lots of people message me, say, yes, yes, I wanted to do that. And I said, great. So I had 115 narratives and I split them up between 12 different businesses or uh, community members and they read them and they actually put some positive comments on them. Obviously I had to guide the community members by you know, giving them a packet, explaining what we were doing, um, asking, you know, telling them what I was hoping that my expectations of them would be. And wow, they blew me away. They, it was beyond what I thought was going to happen. That is so amazing. What a great experience for your students. What was their feedback for you on that? What did your students say about that? They were um, really excited. Actually, I wish someone or the world could have been in here to see their little eyes, their eyes light up. And 
knowing that someone cared about them enough to write them personal little notes and they related to the students. Um, one of the students lost their dog and then the community member put a little note that they had lost their dog too and gave a little, it was a little story and they were like, wow, there's somebody else there that understands that relates to me also. So they felt special that somebody actually cared about them and, and took the time to do that. Yeah, that is such a great story. I mean, when we think about it for our students, we have to really make sure that their writing is meaningful in that they're not just writing for their teacher, right? Or they're not just writing for themselves to get an assignment done. It's when you have an audience, you put a little bit more extra work into what you're composing and you care a little bit more because someone else is going to see it. Not that the teacher, you know, us as teachers aren't important, but it's different when you have, like you said, a, a group of community members reading their stories. And I just think that's such a cool thing to do that any of our teachers listening could absolutely do the same thing, not just with narratives, but with an essay. Although narratives are probably more interesting for the community oh, yeah. members to read than an essay, a response to literature about a story that students have read. So well, I just love that. The one thing that um, I also was so happy that some of the community members wrote me notes saying that they now respect teachers in a different way mm. that it took them, you know, some of them only had five narratives to grade. Um, my mom being an English teacher, I made her do 20. <laughs> and um, there's some others that didn't have like just had 10 and it took them, I gave them two weeks to do it. And they were, they were like, wow, if you normally grade 115 of these, it took me two weekends to do 10. Yeah. So it was a great respect for me to build a relationship with the community also so they know what, how to walk in my, you know, my shoes. Right. What, what actually goes on in our classrooms on a daily basis. I think right. that that's really, what a great experience all around. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think a lot of our teachers can take that away and do that in their own classrooms. And so then Mindy, before we, um, kind of sign off and wrap up our, our interview, I would love to know, you know, what's been the biggest difference for you this year as you know, we call our teachers, our EB teachers, right. Using our writing program. What's been the biggest change for you as a teacher, as a writing teacher? Well, when you have taught 25 years, many people think you know it all. Well, not always know it all, but <laughs> I always um, want to grow. And this program has made me a better teacher. And I'm willing to admit that, that learning, even being in the Facebook group, um, you learn from so many peers that I never would have met if I didn't join this. And this, I go home at night, not worried. I don't, my husband actually gets to see me because he always says I make school more important than him. And I sit there and, and plan for the next day. So this is ready for me to go. Obviously, I have to change a little things to adapt to my students, but it is a lifesaver. And I feel that um, I can be a person outside of my classroom again. Yeah. And it's sense. absolutely. And I mean, I think sometimes as teachers, it's so easy to lose ourselves in that identity, you know, of being a teacher that it is all consuming during the school year. It is everything about who we are and our existence. And I, I know for me, the big change in my life came when I had my son and it was like, I was now a mom first. And that was really hard for me to adjust from identifying solely as a teacher. Like that was my whole existence. And now being a mom, I had to, to really make some changes and shifts in 
and just even like my, my thoughts at home, you know, I couldn't constantly be thinking about my students all the time. Like I used to, I think we fall into that trap a lot because that's, I think what we think makes us good teachers and that's not necessarily the case. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It's taken me to, you know, 20 some years to finally kind of have a life outside of teaching. And definitely this program has been one of the reasons why for sure. Well, I'm so glad to hear that because that is, you know, one of our biggest goals is to help teachers get their lives back and to enjoy teaching more, you know, and we're constantly thinking about teaching and, and worried about our, our, our students' success. Not that that's a bad thing, but when it is an always thing on our minds, I think that leads to a lot of teachers' burnout, you know, that we're not giving us ourselves that time and space to be someone else, like a wife or a mother or a friend and go out to eat on a school night. You know, I remember in my right. first year's teaching, going out to dinner on a school night was like, are you crazy? There's not a chance I could go out to dinner on a Tuesday. And this program, I think really gives our teachers the opportunity to gain a lot of their life back. And it sounds like that's been your case, Mindy. Yes. And the other thing with the, your program is it actually inspired a love of writing in me that I wouldn't say necessarily was there before because it was something I was supposed to do, but because the program teaches me to be a better writer, the kid, I, I'm more passionate and the kids feel it from me mm -hmm. than I was. Um, I've always been passionate about what I do and teach, but with, I'm actually passionate about really writing and I didn't have that before. So that's very cool. I love that so much. So many teachers, my mom included, my mom taught fifth grade for 27 years, I think, before retiring. And, you know, when I became an English teacher and I always talked about how much I love teaching writing, she would just always look at me and be like, oh, I hated teaching writing. I, I was not a good writer myself, so I hated doing it. And I think a lot of us fall into that trap that if I'm not a good writer, I can't be a good writing teacher. And I, I don't think that that's necessarily the case, but that is very cool to hear that our program has made you feel um, and become a better writer yourself because what a great impact you're now able to have with your students to be able to relate to them with their own writing when they're working through the program in your classroom. Right. Exactly. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Mindy, for joining me on the podcast today. It was so great to spend some time with you. I love that you're from Ohio. My husband is from Ohio. We have a lot of tiny little things in common. I was looking at your Facebook and I know you're a golfer. I love golfing too. Yep. Um, maybe when COVID is over, we can meet up and, and hit the of course. I hit 18 you. holes together. <laughs> yes. Um, well, thanks so much, Mindy. And thank you everybody for listening to today's episode. We will see you guys next week on the teaching middle school ELA podcast. Bye everybody. Bye.